More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. And my, there's a lot of news to talk about today. I mean, I know we say that because we got so much to say, Clay and I, every day. But today, it's just coming in from all over the place. Obviously, the huge controversy around Joe Rogan right now, or the creation of huge controversy, finding old comments saying now that he should be deplatformed, he should be fired. Clay and I will dive into this discussion around the First Amendment, and why are they going after Rogan? The guy was a Bernie bro, folks. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter in the last election. But he asks real questions, and he ha- he comes from a place of seeking truth. And if you seek truth, the left seeks your destruction. That's what we've learned during COVID. We've known that for a long time now. You also have the Canadian trucker convoy still going strong, although big tech not only Spotify in the headlines right now, but big tech through GoFundMe getting a whole lot of attention. <clears throat> we'll discuss more cops were killed during Biden's first year in office than any year since 1995. Plan, I'll discuss the enormous implications for what it means now in this country to be a law enforcement officer after the Democrat Party embraced BLM and anti-cop rhetoric that led not only to a massive increase in criminal violence and shootings all across the country, but also, as we see now, an unprecedented in decades spike in officers being shot and killed in line of duty. Turns out pandering and siding with destruction and those who are kicking at the load-bearing walls of American civilization, turns out when the Democrats did that, there were consequences to it. Um, And we also have New Jersey saying that they're going to get into a COVID mask in school off ramp. Uh, So that means that they're going to stop masking kids up in schools. Do not celebrate this, friends. I'm going to tell you that right now. Do not celebrate it. We should see this as just one step in the right direction, because until they admit that they've been wrong, until they will say, Clay, 
that guys like Clay and Buck have been right <laughs> all along. We will never do this again. It is child abuse to mask kids up in school. I mean, I just got back. You're flying these days. I'm flying these days. It's so stupid on the planes. We're not done until it's repudiated. But, Clay, can we start with the Canadian trucker thing? Because I think this is fascinating. It's still going strong up in Ottawa. More convoys now forming around the world. People are seeing a momentum here. But two fascinating and deeply troubling things happened over the weekend. One, the Canadian government just decided to go in and seize the gasoline. They're trying to refill these these trucks in place in Ottawa just to take it to effectively uh, try to stop the protest. It's obviously wintertime in Canada, quite cold there. So we can get into that. But also, GoFundMe, a platform. This is the thing, folks. These platforms become huge whether it's Twitter or Facebook or GoFundMe or Spotify, promising freedom and transparency and openness, and then they become weaponized by the left. GoFundMe accepts money for the truckers and then was in the process of giving that money to left-wing, you know, whether it's BLM or community organizer organizations, until Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, and others came out and said, that's fraud, by the way. You can't actually accept money for a cause and then divert it to someone else because you feel like it. All of this, Buck, is evidence of what I believe is the great unraveling. We said, and we've talked a lot on this show, about how COVID has made red redder and blue bluer. But I think it's also opened the eyes of a lot of people. And I think you can tie this in with the Olympics and the way that that's being covered. We effectively need to have structures in place of every business that is left-leaning, there needs to be a right-wing competitor. And you can say that there's that, that structure is underway, right? For instance, Rumble is a video uh, competitor of YouTube. Now, it's a lot smaller, but they just offered $100 million to Joe Rogan if he ends up getting kicked off Spotify. I think that's a really smart move. But when I saw this GoFundMe news come down, Buck, on I, I guess it was Friday night because they tried to drop it, I think, late in the evening on Friday, hoping it would kind of get snowed under, uh, I, 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 my jaw dropped. And it's hard for me to be surprised by things. It wasn't just that they were trying to shut down the truckers. It was that they were taking the next move, Buck. Of taking, I think it was $9 million yes. that had been raised for truckers and the support of their protest, and they were going to redirect that $9 million to, uh, to entities that were the exact opposite of who people had been donating two and four right now uh i i immediately said oh my god this is clearly fraud uh and i'm glad that they backed down but the idea that you remember gofundme wouldn't allow kyle rittenhouse if i remember correctly mm-hmm. to raise money uh that they, they they have consistently refused and 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 that was a big deal to me because everybody has the right regardless of whether you agree or disagree especially obviously in the result there of him being not guilty, but everybody has the right to the best attorney that they can afford. That's embedded in our criminal justice system and our entire fabric of laws. So this idea that you can't even give money to causes that are seen as being uh, right wing. And by the way, how in the world are the truckers right wing? They want to get back to normalcy. We got to stop allowing this to be painted as a crazy idea that at some point we should all around the world be able to get back to the to the universe that we were living in. 
in January and February and early March of 2020 before insanity took over in this country and around the world. I would bet that some of these truckers have voted in the past for uh, Democrat, liberal Guaranteed. type Canadians. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. These are these are guys who just like, you know, in this country, there are people that that are truckers who have a long standing, you know, history and maybe even family history going back a ways with uh, Teamsters and, and unions. And so there's a, a labor component of this. And notice how this this element of people that are of the of the laboring classes is so undermined by the, you know, the tech oligarchs and the tech billionaire elite. And the the Democrat corporate media has nothing to say about it. Clay, what everyone's watching unfold in real time, and, and it has to do with the GoFundMe situation and the, and the calls. Remember, they were calling to kick Rogan off of Spotify a week ago. We were talking about this before any of the uh, racially charged language issue came to the forefront. Th- this has to do with a true front of tyranny that we are seeing from the Democrat Party, and it's really a mentality that COVID has exposed in much of the modern world today, where they want it the way that they demand it, or else they're going to crush you. There's no more fair sense of fair play. There's no sense of individual liberty, of constitutional restraint. You know, every country has its own political realities, but you look at what we would have called the Western world or Western civilization until pretty recently, you say, what has happened? What has happened? In America, in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, in Europe, in, you know, you go down the line, you say countries like us, and of course here at home too, have abandoned core principles. They have decided that all of a sudden the Constitution in this country doesn't count. In other countries, whatever they have as protections of the rights have gone away. And the media apparatus here is just going along with it all. It's, it's deeply troubling. The whole thing is stunning. You're exactly right on all that. And, Buck, what we have reached is an inflection point. Everybody has to pick a side. I understand there are people out there who look around, and I've been one of these people before, right? I've talked about my path and my journey to what what I believe and how COVID accelerated that in many ways. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there, Buck, and we talk to many of these people every single day who say, you know, I kind of like the Republicans. I kind of like the Democrats. They both drive me insane. These are the people who end up deciding who wins an election, right? Because there's a certain segment that's going to vote Democratic, certain segment that's going to vote Republican. You can't be wishy-washy anymore. You can't be a libertarian who says, yeah, I can't really decide between the Democrats and the Republicans. This is pretty straightforward, and this is direct, and I want everybody listening out there to think about this. You're either for freedom, and you are for basic democratic ideals of the United States government that believe in uh, in equality, but also in a foundational premise that the United States is a force for good in the world, or you are a Democrat. I, I mean that seriously, because Democrats have abandoned, to me, any pretense. And I think Joe Rogan is learning this, because Joe Rogan tried to be a straight-down-the-middle-of-the-road guy. He said, hey, I might vote for Bernie Sanders. And they put out the long knives, and they came for him. And nobody on the left in this country has stood up for Joe Rogan at all. Now, to their credit, lots of people on the right side, if you want to call that, of the political equation, have said, hey, I'm maybe not be a Joe Rogan fan, but I don't believe in cancel culture. Same thing we said about Whoopi Goldberg. You either believe that you can basically be attacked by mobs online and have every fabric of your ability to earn a living stripped from you, 
or you are a Republican. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that is the truth. This right is now. the Those binary. Are the choices. This is the bu- yes. yeah, you're, you're right. This is the binary that we're in. And you can also break it down into you have principles or you have situational principles. I mean, you know, you have, yeah. you have principles situational ethics. Or, or your situational ethics are a joke. And, and this is what we're seeing all over the place, including, by the way, with the covid restrictions, which um, I mean, I, I saw as soon as I see the Stacey Abrams photo on mass with the oh, children. It's so great. I'm like, so- I, I, I fired off. I'm like, I wonder what Clay had to say about this over the oh. weekend, too, because you see this. And so we'll come back. We'll talk to you about this, because not, not only not only is Stacey Abrams taking a photo unmasked in a room full of masked children where she is. And I did some you know back of the napkin math on this at least 100 times and maybe more like a thousand, maybe more like a thousand times greater risk of hospitalization or death based on on the realities of who COVID is a higher risk to than any of those children. The, ex- the explanations, Clay, afterwards for this, too, are are absolutely amazing. I, so we got it should decide the, the Georgia governor's election like that should be all you put up if you are running against her is that picture over and over and over again with her explanation. And it shouldn't even be close. We'll, we'll, we'll get into some of that coming up here in a second. And then uh, also. Where are we with the off ramps and what's going to happen with Joe Rogan? We got so many stories and I I don't want to dive into the law enforcement data, too, about what's what's happened because of Democrats embrace. Remember, it's when we say they embrace BLM, they embraced an anti cop narrative. Don't ever forget that BLM is based upon a lie, which is that cops are racist and murder unarmed black men regularly, systematically, without consequence. And that is representative of law enforcement lies. We'll address that later on in the show, too. We don't often change our cell phone carrier. It's got to take a very convincing offer to make such a change. If the cell service works, you don't mind the pain of an ever-increasing monthly bill, right? I mean, well, maybe a little bit, but it doesn't have to be that way, folks. You don't have to be chained to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Now there's Pure Talk for your cell phone service. Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G service on the same network as one of those carriers, but for a small fraction of the price. And with Pure Talk, you're switching your cell phone service to a veteran-owned business and supporting a U.S.-based call center. Even if you use a ton of data, Pure Talk has you covered. Listen to this offer. Unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data with a hotspot for just $55 a month. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. No contracts, no smoke and mirrors, just pure transparency. Then, for this month only, enter promo code PUREtalk. You'll save an additional 25% for the first three months. That's puretalk.com. Go to that website, puretalk.com, and just use this promo code, PUREtalk. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. The first year of the Biden administration was a disaster. We saw that. We all saw it. We we're all aware. The polls reflected. I mean, they can't even make a strong case otherwise. They've, uh, on the economy, tried to convince everyone that, well, when you end a shutdown, that's like a job created. So when you say restaurants, you're all shut down and they have to fire a whole lot of people. And then the state comes in or the, the federal government or whomever comes in and says, OK, now you can open up. Look at us. We're amazing job creators. So it's like if I, if I show up and burn down someone's house and then a month later I show up with some plywood and say, I'm going to build you a new one. I don't think that makes me a great builder. <laughs> But that's what the Biden administration is effectively arguing right now about jobs. But there's there's so many places. And, you know, one of the things I want you to be prepared for on the covid on the covid fight, they want the story to be. Thank you so much, everyone. You did everything we wanted you to do. And finally, we're going to let your kids breathe normally in New York, New Jersey, California, for other places. Uh, they're going to. They've already been living uh, with freedom around that issue. Um, but understand this. They're not getting rid of Clay's just been on a flight this weekend. I was on a flight this weekend. Not Until they demask on planes, it's not gone. It's not over. It's just in it's just, uh, you know, in a moment of recession. The madness is in a moment of recession, but it is not gone altogether. We have to push until it's gone altogether. There's also the issue of crime in the country and what has been happening here. And you can feel you can feel it walk in the streets of New York City. You can certainly feel it in Houston for all of our people down there in Houston, Texas, where you've had more murders. And this was a, this was a stunning statistic. In the month of January, more murders in Houston than in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, all cities with a bigger population, and certainly Chicago known to be a place with far too many uh, murders when you look at it on a per capita analysis. But, Clay, this was this was stunning over the weekend. Biden's First year in office saw 73 police officers killed, the most, the most deaths 
since 1995. The last time, this was analysis in the New York Post, and hat tip to Mark Moore for pulling it together, uh, you had the most cops killed since 1995. The last time this many had been killed, uh, it, it was actually, in you know, in a one-year period, it was 1987. We're having to go back decades here to see a time when there were this many shootings. It feels like the gains of the criminal justice system and of safety the American people have been handed away in the blink of an eye. And we all know what happened here. We all know what caused this. It was a combination, but the real the real beginnings of it, BLM, which created a moral panic the Democrats used to uh, to defeat Donald Trump, but also a moral panic that corporate America went along with. Oh, my gosh, BLM, we all need to have a national conversation. BLM is rooted, and I've been to many BLM protests covering them as a person in the media. BLM is rooted in the fundamental lie that young black men are killed by police without consequence due to racism frequently in America, and that is representative of law enforcement. Essentially, cops are racist murderers. They chant that at some of these rallies. They'll actually say, you know, what do we want? No more racist cops. When do we want it now? I mean, this is the stuff that they say, Clay. And then you add that to bail reform, i.e. let people out, including dangerous people, uh, you add it to less prosecution of dangerous individuals, to a more permissive environment in the prosecutor's office for criminals all across the country. A lot of people have been hurt, and we've lost a lot of law enforcement officers because they were undermined in their jobs by reckless, feckless Democrats who saw political advantage in it. The George Floyd video was treated as if it was representative of interactions between police and black men all over the country. It was not. And again, to your point, the Washington Post database tracks every shooting that has happened by police. And the data reflects that 75% of people shot and killed by police are white, Asian, or Hispanic. Almost all men, by the way. Nobody ever says that the police are sexist, even though Almost all violent perpetrators who are shot and killed by police or killed are uh, are being done so uh, because of the violent nature of their actions. But the George Floyd video directly led and the protests directly led to thousands of innocent people being killed all over America, both police and civilians inside of many of our cities. And that was because of the fundamental lie that the George Floyd incident represented what was uh, a reality for many people, even though the reason why it was a news story is because it was an outlier. And by the way, Buck, there's still been no indication directly that Chauvin or any of the other officers were motivated by racial animus in their actions. In other words, if George Floyd had been Hispanic or if he had been white, there hasn't been any suggestion that the treatment would have been any different at all. And so many people, and this is the, this is the great uh, struggle that we see across all of, uh, all of social media life now. But so many people are terrified of being called racist if they don't stand up and say, hey, you know what, I think that the officers deserve to be put on trial, but I don't think that all police officers are evil. So many companies 
Every company that you've ever spent money with sent you out an email about BLM. Everybody got in line behind the idea of BLM, even all of the lockdowners, the Dr. Fauci's of the world totally threw away the idea of lockdowns and said, hey, you know what? These protests are legitimate. I know we've been telling you to stay at home and not gather in crowds, but this is such an important incident that we're going to throw away every aspect of lockdown-based decision-making in favor of this. And the result has been that we spun basically since 1994 the idea that people who commit crimes of violence need to be in prison – We totally turn them into uh, the victims and we turn police into the perpetrators. And the natural result is crime has skyrocketed, murders have soared, and many innocent people are dead because we failed in our societal response as a nation. There are murals, in fact, all over the world where George Floyd is represented as effectively a civil rights hero, a martyr, an icon for justice. That's how they depict him. George Floyd, just for for starters, was guilty of and served time for a home invasion during which he pointed a loaded firearm at the belly of a pregnant woman. But there are murals depicting him as a martyr and as 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 a hero. Um, And so you have to sit around and and ask yourself, what are law enforcement officers really to, to, to think of a situation where they're so undermined in their work and the people who rely on the protection in the even the very wealthy enclaves that Democrats control rely on the protection law enforcement provides them just feel like if it doesn't affect me, if it just affects people that I pretend to care about when I'm going on TV and making my millions of dollars or you're doing my podcast and getting paid all this money by sponsors, whatever these libs are doing, they don't care, Clay. They don't care what's happening in minority-majority neighborhoods where shootings are through the roof. doesn't matter to them. It also points to a larger fallacy, which you just mentioned is George Floyd's criminal history. Many people, if you even suggest that, say, you can't even bring that up because of what happened to him. His history doesn't matter. Yet look at what cancel culture is rooted in. The same people who are saying... You can't talk about George Floyd's criminal history as a part of the larger context of understanding what his behavior may or may not have been influenced by are simultaneously saying Joe Rogan can't have his podcast on Spotify because of something he did years ago. So you're willing to cancel a guy for what he might have said on his podcast years ago, but you aren't willing to even allow a discussion of the past criminal history of George Floyd. Think about that. We're not saying, imagine if Joe Rogan had previously been arrested multiple times for violent acts. That, to me, is the distinction here. You're saying actions don't matter as they pertain to George Floyd for his past history, but you're saying words for Joe Rogan do matter. It's a flawed of flaw of logic on a seismic level. The Democrats' narrative of criminal justice over the last 18 months and coinciding really largely with the pandemic. It started in June of 2020. The George Floyd incident set so much of this in in motion. George Floyd's killing. And remember, that officer is now decades in prison for that. But the narrative is still cops do this all the time. It's not. I mean, clearly not, by the way, by the numbers. It's actually quite rare 
for law enforcement to shoot an unarmed black man in America today. If you look, if you care about data numbers, which the Democrats, whether it's on masks or police involved shootings or whatever, the numbers they don't actually look at, they make it up as they as they go along. But we decided somehow as a society, or I should say the Democrats decided as a society, cops are the root of violence in cities, which is crazy. Letting violent felons out more frequently with less punishment is going to result in safer streets, which is crazy. You go down the list of everything that they did, as well as the riots that went on for months, creating a sense of lawlessness in these cities. And it's honestly, it's a shame. And the American people who didn't see this for what it was in the 2020 election should feel some shame, at least with regard to their judgment, that they didn't see what a big pandering atrocity the Democrats were engaged in in that year. It was just uh, all about defeating Trump and all about getting the vote out and, and a lot of racism virtue signaling. No doubt. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Also, top of hour two, so much more to get into. Some of the ridiculousness surrounding the way the Olympics are being covered and the coverage of China that is occurring as well. In the meantime, 9-11-2001, we lost nearly 3,000 people as a result of terror attacks on American soil. Changed everyone's life forever. 2,977 people were killed. Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. Now, through Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, need your help. Help these heroes and their families join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, rolling through an awesome Monday edition of the program. Buck, you know that I think you're starting to realize, at least, maybe you didn't know before uh, before you started working with me, sports media, as left-wing as politics and the media can be, there's basically me and then there's everyone else who has worked in the world of sports media. And on Friday, on ESPN's Around the Horn program, they were discussing the Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics are underway right now. Massive decline in the overall viewership. I think part of that is attributable for sure to this being China and many people out there who would otherwise love the Olympics saying, I just don't feel like I can support China in any way. And they had this discussion on Around the Horn. And this commentator, J.A. Adande, who is a top journalism professor at Northwestern University as well, said that he didn't feel like he could judge Chinese genocide because of America's voting uh, bills. Listen to this. I think it's standard in sports right now. You have to have a cognitive dissonance. You need to compartmentalize. We've never had a more enjoyable NFL playoffs in this country, and we've never had more people watching the playoffs, and yet it goes on amid the ongoing allegations against Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, 
and the, you know the continuous concussion concerns and now the concerns about diversity and the allegations and the questions about competitive integrity even all of that and yet we're still enjoying the games and who are we to criticize china's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state against unarmed citizens and we've got assaults on the voting rights of of our people of color in various states in this country so sports i think it is possible and it's necessary more than ever to just shut everything out if you are to enjoy the actual games themselves all right wow. Bob, your reaction wow. when you hear that e by the way so you know we rewrote about this at outkick as soon as one of my guys saw it he said oh my god clay you have to see this uh one of the top commentators at espn specifically said, hey, I'm not going to talk about Chinese human rights abuses and genocide effectively because of police, which we talked about, and police issues in America and voting rights bills that are discriminatory against minorities in the United States. Now, let's pretend, Buck, that even if those things were going on, as you rightly point out, Derek Chauvin's in prison and we try to uh, hold police accountable if and when they break the law. The voting rights bill thing is a total sham. But to argue that those are in any way the equivalent of Chinese genocide is actually direct Chinese propaganda. We asked ESPN for a comment on this on Friday when that aired, but they refused to condemn it. They refused to comment on it in any way at all. And this is the kind of conversation that is taking place on a daily basis. I mean, let's just assume for a second here. What is this this sports guy's name? I've never heard of him before. J.A. Adonde. J.A. Adonde. Let's assume Mr. Adonde actually is establishing a principle here. Then we would have to assume that his his belief would also be that we are in no position to criticize the multi-generational concentration camps of North Korea, where people are born in and die in concentration camps because of the political crimes of their parents or even their grandparents under the communist regime uh, out of Pyongyang, out of North Korea. You have to wonder, where, where does the line actually get drawn here? You can't criticize genocide in China because of, I mean, and also think about the 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 error in trying to equate these things, the yes. actual state-sponsored policy of concentration camps, of mass sterilization, of of torture and political repression of millions of people, and voting rights issues? I don't know. I guess it is not possible to be so stupid in the sports media world that people will stop listening to you. Because I will say... And we deal with a lot of dumb things here. We play clips from The View on this show sometimes. That may be the dumbest thing I have heard this year so far, which is saying a lot. Buck, zero pushback on the show itself. Nobody else came on and said, well, you know, you're comparing voting rights issues with genocide. And the voting rights bill, by the way, is a total BS storyline. But think about this. Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta over the Georgia voting bill. And all of these companies came out and said, oh, this is so brave. Remember, we also asked Coke for a response because remember Coke uh, came out because they're based in Atlanta and said, hey, yeah, we agree with the decision to hold Georgia accountable over this voting rights bill. 
And so we reached out at Outkick Buck and we said, hey, Coke, you're one of the primary sponsors of the uh, of this Olympic Games that are going on right now in Beijing. Just wondering, have you condemned genocide in China? Because you said Major League Baseball was right to pull the All-Star game away from the Braves, but yet you're giving all of this money to the Beijing Olympics and you aren't saying a word about China. So explain to me how you can be supportive of the All-Star game being pulled out of Atlanta, but you're not simultaneously also holding China accountable for genocide. And this is emblematic, Buck, of the propaganda. And I wonder on some level, hey, is this coming from Disney, that they're so stupid that they would even make that argument and that nobody would push back against it? There are two very big components of all this that I think when when everyone – when all of our people right now listening with us across the country, keep in mind this this all it all adds up, right? I mean, yeah, it's unprincipled, it's ridiculous, it shows what a bunch of phonies they are, but you have to remember the whole point of so much of the corporate virtue signaling that went on, let's say, with with Black Lives Matter as a movement was built around two things virtue signaling and fear. Right. You get points for this among your peers in America. People think if you're, you know, the executive who's running a company and you put out a statement. And remember some of the companies I can't even remember. You know, I feel like, you know, Tide makes the detergent. And, you know, oh, these, yeah. I mean, they were we stand with the with Black Lives Matter. No, you say, okay. I, I got an and, email from Chewy, you know, because we buy stuff for our our animals. Like, I, do I need to know what the, the, the pet food company thinks about Black Lives so, Matter? So we know, but it's important to establish this because we know that corporate America does pretend that it will mobilize on purely human rights and humanitarian grounds. But it's a fraud. And that's why the China thing is so interesting, because whether it's ESPN or any number of other companies, and we're talking about what's going on in China to the Chinese people in terms of the repression, the one-child policy, forced sterilization. You add on top of that all of that as well, and that's been going on for decades, the mass starvation of Mao's Great Leap Forward and the Great Famine in recent memory, folks, this is back in the 60s. This isn't that long ago. You add all this together, the crimes of the Chinese Communist Party, and you say to yourself, this is a monstrous regime and is still doing monstrous things today. Why not speak out against them? Well, because the corporations that mobilize in support of BLM, they want to look cool in front of their friends and peers, and they also don't want to lose access to the Chinese market. Point here being, they don't take a stand out of bravery they're actually taking a stand out of self-interest and all these companies that sit there now and say nothing about china are just exposing at some level their cowardice actually because why not why not do something here why not say that what what's going on in china is reprehensible at least put out one of those what do you say chew, you know chewy at least chewy should put out <laughs> yeah. a we stand with human rights in china so we know where chewy stands on that issue but no apparently not Buck, by the way, does this stun you as somebody who hasn't paid a lot of attention to sports? Like you would expect maybe a conversation like that to take place on MSNBC or CNN with one of their guest experts. But ESPN, this is ostensibly a sports network and they are totally espousing Chinese propaganda. And many people out there watching it are not. Let's be honest, like 
really paying attention to geopolitical issues, which to me makes the propaganda land even better, right? Because you aren't realizing the impact of what you're hearing. Oh, of course. And, and this is why the control that the left has of entertainment and of Hollywood and, and of sports media, which I, I have learned a lot. You know, I don't I, I also remember a lot of conservatives who were saying, see, Clay, I understand and respect that you want to fight for something you love. You, don't, the inside. you don't want to yeah. hand over. You don't want to hand over the NFL and the NBA to the woke mob to ruin and destroy forever. I get that. I, I never had quite a love for these things. So when I see what's going on here, I'm just I'm out. Right. I, I choose I choose to non-participate in those things. And I remember uh, there were a lot of people on the right who felt that way about two years ago. And, and they're now, oh, well, you know, now now it's all fine. But sports media is absolutely an effective tool for propaganda because a lot of people don't realize that they're being preached to on these issues and then of course they do the old this was the old john stewart routine on the daily show oh i'm going to give you all this political propaganda and then when we push back it's oh come on he's just a sports guy or gal oh come on with john stewart it was i'm just a comedian man there are people doing crank phone calls before me well, really? Because you you interviewed like the Secretary of Defense under Bush and put him on the hot seat and wanted to be taken seriously. You know, they you know John Stewart was clown nose on, clown nose off, and I think people realize there's a dishonesty in that. You see a lot of it in the sports media too, all the time. You know what? Also, uh, I need a lot of energy to fight all the stupidity that's out there every single day, and so does Buck. You know what you rely on to help us get through the day? Black Rifle Coffee. They are our brand. Fully caffeinated, great tasting, high quality coffee. Black Rifle Coffee, founded by a veteran who served our country in special ops before returning home to follow his passion for making a great cup of coffee. He took that passion, made a thriving business out of it. They've created the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you become a member, your chosen blend of coffee, fresh roasted package, shipped to your home. That's how both of us get our coffee delivered. Black Rifle Coffee comes from Colombia and Brazil. That's where their coffee beans are. They roast five days a week in Utah and in Tennessee. And man, it is fantastic. You get special discounted pricing and you can get hooked up today. I love also, if you just want to come straight from a can, I drink every single day my cold brew mocha right out of the can. It is phenomenal. It'll fuel your day too. Right now, you can sign up at blackriflecoffee.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. That's Clay and Buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to get into just a little bit uh, later this hour. The latest on the ending of some COVID restrictions in some places. Is this likely to be a forever situation or not? We'll discuss that. I think the answer is no. We have to keep this fight going. But in the meantime, we want to get into a discussion with our friend Jay Glazer right now. He is a National Football League insider for Fox Sports' NFL pregame studio show. He's also the founder of Merging Vets and Players, a nonprofit organization that connects combat vets and former professional athletes. Jay, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, first, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by, and, and obviously it just sounds like such an important mission, this founding uh, that you've done of Merging Vets and Players uh, found, found the Merging Vets and Players, this organization. What are you doing? I mean, how, how does this work, and yep. how can people get involved? Well, it, it's, you know, MVP for short, and I'm basically taking former combat vets um, who are, you know, in transition, which transition sucks for anybody who, for a lot of us, who are, you know, pro athletes or, or veterans. So we're taking former combat vets, and we're merging them together with former pro athletes. It started with just NFL and, and fighters, because those are my two worlds, but now it's branched out to everything, and Look, it's, um, it's basically a, a, it's a community, you know, it's a mental health thing. And I, I'm trying to show both sides, like you playing in the NFL, man, when the uniform comes off, your greatness doesn't suddenly just leaves you, right? It's what's behind your rib cage that got you to beat out millions and millions to get to that level. If you're an Olympian or a fighter or a baseball player, whatever it is, but the same thing with our combat vets, they go overseas and they do such great things. They have grace under fire and courage under pressure and they, Man, they save a lot of people, and, you know, they make us feel safe over here without really even knowing us. Then they come back home over here, and it's like, oh, I'm different. And I'm trying to shift that narrative of, like, no, you're different. Like, different is good. Different leads to success. But who reminds them of that? So if you put them in a group and you can remind each other of what your greatness is, that's, like, our results have been magical. We, and we train together for about a half hour just to give you that burn again and, and – you know, be beholden to your brother or your sister on your right or left. But after that, we sit around in mats and, man, we just talk. And we talk so real. Uh, we put every elephant in the room there and, like, 
you know, the vulnerability part of it is what makes us so strong. Jay, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you've got a new yeah, book, Unbreakable, How I Turn mm-hmm. My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation. You can, too. Jay, I'm just fascinated by, and I know you have had tremendous experience, how much soldiers love football and love football players. And I know right. as part of the Fox pregame show, you guys have gone all over the world to meet mm-hmm. different soldiers who are serving overseas. What has your experience been like in terms of being able to interact with those guys? And why do you think so many people serving overseas connect so substantially with football players in general? Well, when we have our meetings, it is pretty cool, man. Like I, I've got to go around the world with Fox for, man, this is my 19th year at Fox, and every year they have sent me or our whole crew to a military installation on Veterans Day, on Thanksgiving. It's been just incredible. Um, and then me being involved with mixed martial arts, I've gotten to train troops throughout the world also. And we have our MVP sessions. It's pretty cool. Our, our vets will tell our, our athletes, our athletes a lot of times go, well, I don't belong in this group. We're like, no, yes, you do. And the vets will say, hey, you guys gave us a break from war. When we're out there, you know, in battle, a lot of them are thinking, man, I just got to get back and I got to watch this game or I got to watch this fight. It's pretty cool. And to recently in a meeting, one of our vets said, hey, you guys helped save us in war. It's now our turn to to save you guys because we know you guys are struggling when the uniform comes off. It's pretty cool, the commonality. Look, I know it's not the same job. I get it. But the struggle, when you, you, when you, you lose your uniform, man, that's, that sucks. It's hard, right? And, and a lot of us, like for me, I wrote this, this book, Unbreakable, um, because of my mental health issues, because I have, you know, depression, anxiety, like clinical. From, from my earliest childhood memory, I don't know what it's like to not wake up in the gray. And the things that help me out, and I, you know, I, I put this in the book, are having a team. When I don't have a team, usually like my fight team, Man, the roommates in my head, they do not talk nicely to each other <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, and the venom it kind of spews and like, look, I know my life is, is great on the outside. I get it. My life, I got fame and fortune, no doubt. But between my ears sucks. And when I have a team, it sucks a little bit less. When I could be of service to people, which is also, you know, why I wrote this book, um, I, I kind of get the gray to, fade a little and see some streaks of blue jay over 20 service members veterans kill themselves yep. every single that number day is not okay man 22 a day man and we've got a, a huge number huge number yep. of veterans that we uh that we are excited and and respect to the utmost degree who listen to us every day and they know they see it when they come back from overseas, yep. the difficulty of integrating back into civilian life, the challenges that that brings. What would you tell those people out there, many of whom are listening to us right now that might be struggling as yep. they come to grips with their service terms ending or maybe just their, their overseas tenure uh, being back civilian side? What have you seen and what would you like for those people to know from your perspective? Yep. Well, here's, I think, a huge problem is our vets come home and they're told not to talk about it, right? They're really ingrained not to have individuality. It's not about you. It's about the team. Well, when the rest of America is lying on their resumes to, like, pump it up, our veterans kind of downplay what they've done. And it's really hard for them to transition back when you do that. So I'm trying to give these guys and gals their individuality. Let them know it's okay to, to you know, boast and brag about what you've done. 
Because what you've done, like, listen, the stuff I've done, it, those are my stories, but really pales in comparison to what they've done over there. They've saved lives. Like, I've always, I've always said, like, it's unbelievable. Like, they don't know me. They don't know my kid. They don't know my family. Yet they leave their own families to go fight for our freedom. It is so incredibly selfless. And, you know, I just I saw too many of them struggling when I looked up to them so much. So I know I can coach. I can coach people to do crazy things in a cage. And, and you know, I have this MMA program I use for, for pro athletes. And me and Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell trained 1,200 of these guys. I know I can train people between their ears and behind their ribcage. And I wanted to use, you know, that ability to coach or train to help them, you know, to, to put it to use to our vets because they deserve it. And that's who should be running a lot of businesses in our country. And, you know, we have, uh, we have a lot of them who are, I think, man, six or seven of my employees, of our employees in MVP, I think they were homeless when I first met them. And we helped, you know, build them up, give them a team, give them a community, and all of a sudden their greatness came out. And they are running our chapters. They're just amazing. We just got to, you know, show them it's okay to talk about what you've done. Definitely stay connected to your team. And, yeah, like, I want them to be proud. I got – this one dude, very first guy I ever had, Elliot Ruiz. He came in one day, and Elliot, man, he, he was the first guy that came in. Couldn't look me in the eye, and I'm like, what's, what's going on with you? Why, why do you always come in like this? To our gym, and he said, well, man, I've had 17 surgeries. My wife has to get me out of bed. And, you know, I said, how? The, how? He said, well, we rescued seven American POWs, and, man, the truck came, tried to get back. I shot the truck up, flipped over, hit razor wire, took me for a ride. But, man, now I'm, you know, left with all these injuries. I said, well, hold on, back up, back up. Did you just say you saved seven American POWs? He goes, yeah, but well, I don't, yeah, but me. Did you just say you saved seven American POWs? He said, yeah. I said, okay. From now on, I want you walking around the streets here and looking at everybody saying, I ain't like the rest of you guys. I'm different. And he said, am I just supposed to change the way I view myself? Just like that? And I said, yep. Just like that. Tomorrow. Start it. And a lot of these vets, when I say it, they kind of get angry about it until they realize, yeah, I am different. It is okay. And Elliot changed the way he viewed himself that day. And, man, the kind of a whole movement was born. It's been beautiful. And that's what I want them to understand. There is so much to be proud of and different. And stay connected with your teammates. We're speaking to Jay Glazer of Fox NFL Sunday. He's also the author of Unbreakable, How I Turned My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation, and You Can Too. Jay, on the sports side, I know we got the, the Super Bowl coming up, and Clay might talk to you about that in a second, but obviously the Winter Olympics underway. It has been something of a, uh, a learning uh, curve for me to see that there's even more, it seems, political bias and conformity within the sports media than in the political media, and obviously all leaning very left. Do you think that there will be a moment at which they will start to realize that speaking out against China in the sports media has to happen or else there's no moral authority to speak out against whatever issue gets their attention here stateside? I'll be honest with you. I'm the last dude to talk politics. I know, he's, I know you guys love to. I hate talking politics. And I, I, and I also don't have really paid attention to the Olympics. So, you're, man, I like talking about stuff that I'm somewhat of an expert in, and I am so not when it comes to this. Like, I, I know that my 2.3 GPA doesn't have me smart enough to talk about this stuff. That's for you guys. <laughs> I'm, what I'm happens? So <laughs> no, okay then. 
Uh, Jay, what happens in the Super Bowl? A lot of people, 100 million people are going to be watching on Sunday. Yep. It's in L.A. I'm on the Fox lot right now for the week. Mm-hmm. Rams, Bengals. If people out there have to pick a side, if they have to make some bets for uh, you know, part of their Super Bowl parties, what do you expect to see? Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, uh, Zach Taylor, yep. or uh, Sean McVay? Who's holding up the trophy at the end of the day? You know, I... Look, if you look at the teams, the Rams are the more well-rounded team. And I think the Rams learned something about themselves last week. They fi- Like, Sean McVay is a bully. And they, they really needed to take on his personality, and they finally did last week. Right? We have all these great players, um, and, you know, it's still a fight. Football is a fight. And, you know, I think last week's version of the Rams, um, that's probably the more talented team. But, man, Joe Burr is a culture changer. A complete culture change. And we've already seen them be completely out of it and him bring everybody all the way back. So that's, I, I gotta be honest with you, I keep flip flopping back and forth. Um, probably, well, if you ask me now, I'm probably looking at Rams. If you ask me like in 25 minutes from now, I may get a call and talk to somebody else in the Bengals who kind of convinced me the other way and, and I'll go back to the Rams. It's just, there's such a, uh, I mean, you just can't ever count the Bengals out. They just keep clawing back because of that guy. Jay, we appreciate it. We encourage everybody to go check out your book. We also mm-hmm. really appreciate all the work that you're doing with the veterans and everybody else out there. It. Look forward to seeing you hey. again sometime soon, my man. If, if I can, real quick, again, this book is, you know, I got clinical depression and anxiety, but this is for everybody who's living in the gray. Like, we all just went through a pandemic. It's, it's a hard world to live in, especially with social media these days. So whether it's you or you have somebody you can connect with, you'll laugh your butt off in the pages. I made it worse funny so i can kind of tackle the hard stuff but uh man i'm doing this too to kind of i need a bigger team for my own mental health so i'm hoping to get a whole bunch of team next with this no doubt jay we appreciate it we know there's tons of people out there who listen to us who are uh, veterans who are coming back from tours mm-hmm. and i think you can get a big help uh by checking yeah. out what jay is there, doing we'll talk to you again soon man thank you man appreciate it no doubt. Uh, Mike Lindell, he's the inventor of my pillow. His team, they fit us for our own pillows and introduced us to their ever-growing list of incredible products. Uh, products like that have started it all. The towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, Giza sheets, so many more. Sheets are made from the best cotton Giza, ultra soft, breathable, but also durable with a luxurious finish. You can get hooked up right now. Lowest price ever. Sheets are 60% off. Coming in as low as $39.99 with the promo code Clay and Buck. All MyPillow products, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials to check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. With our promo code, you'll also get a copy of Mike Lindell's new book free with your purchase. Remember, go to MyPillow.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.